I am so excited for this episode of Perkett Pod. I've been fascinated with the drone community for years. I've even been part of the drone community in a small capacity. I still rock my DJI Phantom. And today we take an aerial view of the sport of drone racing with a guy known simply as Nurk. Perkett Pod, sometimes he's at play. Perkett Pod, find out what he'll say. Perkett Pond, who's coming on today? Perkett Pond. Yeah, yeah. Drone technology is so exciting, specifically video drones. It's blown up in recent years, and the future promises to be even more captivating, which brings us to... Random ranks. This time on the topic of technology, I'm ranking the top 11 robots of all time. And a reminder, these random ranks are entirely subjective, folks, but also devastatingly accurate. All right, number 11, the top 11 robots. BB-8, just phenomenal. He rolls. He's, he, he's a sphere, and he rolls, and he's a badass in battle. All right, number 10, Baymax. Remember that? All right. Number nine, Data from Star Trek. Number eight, Optimus Prime Transformers. Number seven, and this might be a little low here, R2-D2. Number six, the Fembots from Austin Powers. <laughs> Number five from uh, Space Odyssey, right? Hal. Number four, Wally. Don't at me, folks. I know he should be higher, but the, the top three are just amazing. Number three, Kit from Knight Rider. Yes, I'm going robot on that, even though he's also a car. Number two, Tin Man <laughs> from Wizard of Oz, the OG robot. And number one, well, all-time favorite, C-3PO, folks. Okay, back to drones, specifically drones in sports. After all, this podcast celebrates Minnesota sports influencers and icons. Drones have advanced the television coverage of sports for sure, but today we hone in on drone racing, namely the DRL, or the Drone Racing League. It's there where NERC has taken up residence and established domination. The former DRL world champ is from Minnesota. His full name is Paul Nurkula. Everyone just knows him, though, as Nurk. So I'm especially excited to get you on this podcast, Nurk, because it just sounds good that it's Perk and Nurk, or it could be Nurk and Perk. I don't know, but it, but I'm but I'm rolling with it. I, it it all sounds good to me. It's I it, it's phenomenal. I I think. Yeah. Uh, no matter what you got to come up with those 50 names but the problem is we're gonna have to start a series now though if it's gonna be the park and nurk show like we got to keep coming back we're working together on some stuff so <laughs> well i was you know because we had a guy named uh, matt burke who is a center for the baltimore ravens was a longtime minnesota viking went on to win a super bowl with the ravens and and yeah. and so i did a bit with him it was perkin uh perkin burke and then, like, all of a sudden, Kirk Cousins comes to town to be the quarterback <laughs> of the Vikings. <laughs> that is just, you see where I'm going with all this. Anyway, it's nice. to Kirk, Kirk. Yeah. Uh -huh. Anyway, okay, so I want to know your story because this is you, you live such a fascinating life to me. Um, let's get right into the Drone Racing League, a.k.a. the DRL, uh, which has become such a global phenomenon over the last several yeah. years. Can you, can you talk about, before we get into how you got there, Yeah. 
talk about uh, racing drones for a living. I mean, this is this is this is an amazing brand that has done so many great things. And, and, and the racing aspect is just, it's beyond riveting. Talk about the DRL and, and for those that don't know, right. What it is and exactly what it's become Mm -hmm. um, lay it out in sort of layman's terms, what the DRL is all about. Yeah. So the, the drone racing league is a global series of the, the best drone racers in the world coming together to race in like some of the coolest venues that we, we can do, right. The drone racing league is primarily a technology company. So they've built this like series of drones and software and um, antennas and all this stuff that allow us to fly in places that drones traditionally couldn't. So we're able to go to the Miami dolphin stadium or Allianz field in Minneapolis and set up like these these courses that no one's ever seen it just makes everything like completely star wars right you've got you know leds everywhere rgb everywhere each of the drones have their colors and we as the competitors put goggles over our eyes and hold a controller in our hands and we are able to maneuver these drones around this course you know at breakneck speeds finishing within you know within a second of each other and you get this this awesome level of competitive not just in two dimensions but in three Absolutely. And that's, and that's all FPV, right? And for those yeah. that don't know though that moniker, that's, that's what first person, first person view. Yep. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and that's, and that I would imagine uh, can be quite a rush for the person doing it. Am I right? It's the first person view is kind of an out of body experience. There's actually been moments where I've been flying drones around a field, for example, and I see someone standing over in the corner and like, you know, as a responsible pilot, I'm like, Oh, I need to stay away from that person. And then I kind of like the, the gears start to turn. I'm like, Oh wait, that's actually my body over there <laughs> that I'm looking at from the other side of the field. And so like what, what happens is it kind of tricks your brain a little bit into thinking almost that you're on board that machine. So like a crash, you know, while it's not dangerous to you is still a little bit is jarring, right? You're just like, no, like I did not crash. Like it, it, and you kind of get ripped out of that. You know, I don't want to say virtual reality cause it's a little bit different, but like you get pulled out of that, that mindset that the FPV has put you into. Yeah. And so the, you mentioned the world's best racers. Um, or are they pilots? Are they racers? What do you guys call yourselves? You- we, we say pilots, we say uh, operators, we say competitors, but uh, yeah, I think, I think pilots is, is fair. Um, oh. There's, there are some pilots who would definitely disagree with that. So I, I apologize if that's uh, bothering anybody, but, but yeah. And we, so, and so in the, in, in the case of the, there it is, it says pilot <laughs> on a sweatshirt in the case of the DRL. So there's, there are, is it like almost like a, a racing circuit? where there's different races throughout the year on a schedule that you go to and you travel to maybe this past year you do it all virtually or whatever but you're you're racing in certain races and then you get points for those races and then there's a champion at the end or how does it all work nerd yeah or- <laughs> you, you described it exactly right so we have okay. a series of uh, six to seven to eight races on depending on the given year and you earn points for each race based on where you finish and then at the end of or at the end of the year whoever has the most points wins the season so it's just like a nascar or a formula one where you're acquiring points as you finish on the podium yeah and then in 2018 you were the man basically that's right yeah i uh i became the drone racing league world champion of 2018 uh we had an awesome race out in uh, saudi arabia right on the red sea in Jeddah, Jeddah, saudi arabia and uh this is my night i was on and i i took home the victory it, it felt really good it was is not something 
not necessarily something that I ever had expected to achieve in my lifetime. You know, I set out with the goal um, early in my career to kind of to, to go for being one of the best in the world. And, you know, when I, you know, all in that moment, you know, when you're in a, <laughs> it was 120 degrees and we were all sweaty and nasty and tired, like four in the morning, you know, doing this race. And then, you know, when all of that kind of finally comes to that moment and you finish and you win, you know, there's the, the, you have the biggest sense of relief, I think is the best way I could describe it. It's like everything that I've been working so hard for is finally validated in that instant. And that that's an unbelievable feeling. We'll be back with more from Nurk in a bit. But first, Mike Bryant, kind enough to join us in studio again. Good to see you again, fine sir. Great to be here. All right. Well, I, I, the the legal process can be uh, awfully intimidating for for some people. Y- you help them every step of the way, don't you? Well, we try to. I mean, we we want to make sure they understand their rights, make sure they understand what their potential coverage is out there, and help them with the big issues they've got. People have wage loss, medical bills. They have all sorts of concerns. People who are charged criminal charges have concerns about those charges, and we try to get to the bottom of what we can do to help them. You know, in the sports world, there's there's lulls every once in a while when seasons end and what. It, it, there's not a lull for, for an, an attorney like you, is there? Well, it's a weird thing because, like, suddenly, suddenly something will happen. You know, so, like, you think, oh, I got nothing going on right now, and then, boom, that night you get a phone call, or the next morning you get a phone call, and you're in the middle of something. that People need your help right at that moment, and we try to provide that. Provide justice for the injured, as you like to say. What does that mean to you? Well, it means giving people the information that they need to get the help that they need so that in times of, of major needs, they've got somebody there on their side. And that's you and, and your team at Bradshaw and Bryant. And so what, if, if somebody is injured or somebody does need help, what do they do? They call our office. They check the website with minnesotapersonalinjury.com or they call 800-770-7008. Mike Bryant, thanks so much for being a partner at Perkapod. Perk and It's quite, is it quite an operation, a DRL? And obviously, you know, you're going to Saudi Arabia and places like that. But, but it's, it's also being seen by what millions of people on television and, 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 and what NBC for crying out loud. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, a pretty darn big deal. I know you're on uh, social media channels as well. I mean, this is, this is, this is big time. Yeah. It's, it's something that you never really expected, right? Cause you, 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 traditionally on television you're going to see more traditional sports right but as we kind of advance into the or continue into the modern age and we and we think about like what does it mean to be a competitor what does it mean to be a sport what does it mean to tell the story of the guys that are doing each of these things and i think that the thing that we hold the most in common with all of these other sports is you dive in and you start to understand like the psychology behind how this person is getting through their thing, what's going on in their life that is kind of causing them to do well or not. And you create this arc of a, of a story of each of these competitors. And that I think is, you know, that's a common bond amongst all sports. Uh, And I think that that's why we're starting to see it pushed, not just from where it is as kind of a niche thing, but into the forefront because people want to learn stories like that. And, and so it helps to have a big personality. I mean, let's face it, 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 it is entertainment in, in a lot of ways. And, and you certainly fall into that category of having a big personality. And I mean, that, that serves you well, doesn't it? 
it it absolutely does there's it, it, it's fun to kind of think about that aspect of the game a little bit too, you know, because as important as racing fast is, there's mental aspects, right? I have to be at my peak performance every single time I fly. And, you know, I, it's not like I can stretch to warm up. I have to stretch my brain to warm up and like things like that are tricky. But beyond that, I got, I can also kind of play within the rules to figure out ways to, you know, maybe get in my competitors' heads a little bit. Um, for example, at a at a pre-season party with um, with the Drone Racing League, I uh, ended up getting a selfie with one of my competitor Alex Vanover's mom, and at our race in Minneapolis, I went to the the FedEx across the street. I got it printed out put it in a frame <laughs> and i brought it with me to the race and as i was sitting next to vanover he was in pole position i was in second i literally just took that thing out put it up on the my little stand in front of me and made him look at it <laughs> and that first heat the first gate he crashed out of the race <laughs> <laughs> so you get the opportunity to play with that personality to play with uh you know aspects that are not just racing and and i think that that's what that was that's what makes good tv right it's not just about that you know the winning and the losing it's you know you look at trevor bauer or um i'm totally blanking on somebody else but like you know just like these guys that have bigger than life personalities and, and that brings you along the the journey Absolutely. more no i think of that all good stories have you know heroes and all villains and and antagonists and protagonists and people you want to root for and people you want to right. root against and I, that, that's all that all that makes sports so awesome and 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 this I, I, this I see as, as a sport, but also entirely entertainment and, and yep. innovation. And, and it just seems like the, the way it's evolved, it's the technology and, and all of it, it, it becomes a better product every time it's on the air. It seems like they're Absolutely. adding another bell or a whistle or a technology twist that, that makes it compelling. And along the lines of entertainment, you know, taking it and adding more depth to it, like allowing the ability to bet on it or, you know, engaging people with uh, games like our simulator, you know, things like that allow you allow it to have depth beyond just, you know, I tune in, I watch, but now I can kind of learn how to fly or I can, you know, get engaged in a, in a financial level and, or, you know, and that, that all comes together to build this, ecosystem of um driving deeper and deeper interest to create as chick-fil-a would say raging fans or raving fans yeah and and when you're when you're racing nurk and are you i want to like when the when the when the goggles are on are they called goggles right i mean right when that when that's on your head and you're locked and it's go time um what is that experience like because these things like when you watch it it's almost dizzying and and it's just it's like unbelievable how you're able to control these these drones at the speed they're racing at. It's it's that that to me is the most mind-boggling thing that almost looks like it's not even attainable like to to the average person watching. It's like how in the world do they get to this level and it's just like it I would imagine it is just so much practice to get to that point. But then when you're in it uh, and you can speak to that I guess first yeah. before we get into the actual racing but like how much how much training did this take? Yeah. So prior to any given race, so I've been flying for 6 years first of all. So I've okay. been putting in pretty much daily flights for the last six years and then 
prior to any given race, I set aside about a month to three weeks of like hardcore training, you know, where I'm going to kind of go to camp and I'm going to really make sure that I'm getting stuff done and getting training in. And what that looks like is typically, you know, I'll, I'll end up waking a little bit, waking up a little bit late and we'll get back to why I wake up late, um, go to a flying field with uh, pre-set up gates, like with a course designed to teach me certain kinds of elements and I'll fly about hundred and hundred to 150 batteries on that course, each battery lasting three to four minutes. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, I will have either, you know, mastered that course, mastered those elements. And I, I time every lap. So I have like equipment to help me time each lap until it reads it off to me as I fly through. Okay. You did that in 21 seconds. Now, what can I do to get that down to 20.5? Can I get it to 20? And I push and I learn different ways to fly the drone, ways to operate the drone to get it um, around faster and faster. And then by the end of the day, you know, I've either broken all my drones or I have, uh, you know, just run out of daylight. I typically go to the gym, try to get a workout in, a little bit of cardio to try to kind of help all of that practice seep in to lock in the the new neuro neurotransmitters that have been created. And then I come home and I fix drones until two, three in the morning, fall asleep, start again. So it ends up being, you know, six days a week, 12 hours a day of, you know, just hardcore training. And then you get to the race and now you don't ha- now you get to the race and now it's time to not screw it up. <laughs> so in a sense, it's almost like a, it's almost like, you know, a golfer that goes out and plays a course multiple times before the actual tournament, just to, yep. to learn all the nuances and idiosyncrasies of the yeah. layout and, and, and what's coming around the corner and what's next. And, uh, you know, I need to lay up here and all that stuff kind of, but, but it's, uh, you know, I would, I would imagine that's, that's one set of information that's now in your bank, but then, and that's your that's when you're flying it solo right and then yeah. and then you add what is it 11 other racers or however many people are in a race and then it or, and then or how many are in a race and and doesn't that change the dynamic then incredibly yeah absolutely so we fly six at a time so there's 12 okay. competitors at each race and then we fly in heats of six yeah okay and in in that moment, yeah, it's everything is very different, right? You no longer are you just at a park on a Sunday, you know, hanging out, having fun. It's you've got to perform now and you got to perform against the, the best pilots in the world. And, you know, there's tons of different things that you that go into thinking about that. Like, you know, I want to get a good launch so that I'm out front early so that people are distracted by me. But if I am behind now, I'm going to potentially be distracted by them. They're creating dirty air that I've got to stay out of. And it adds a lot of dynamics to what's going on. But honestly, the thing that's worked the best for me in my career as a drone racer is uh, I, I kind of have this mantra of fly your own race. And what that means is that I'm going to ignore what my competitors are doing on both a micro and a macro level uh, and focus in on what I can control, focus on repeatability, consistency, discipline, and fly at the maximum of what I am capable of. Because once I go outside of what I'm capable of is when I make mistakes, when I crash, when I can't finish. And if I don't finish, I can't win. So, you know, my goal is to train harder, train faster, train to be faster so that I show up. And when I fly my own race, it's going to be faster than everybody else's. And what they're doing on track literally doesn't matter to me. But, but it does, if they, if they bump into you, right. Or, yeah, or like, is, and if you're, and if you're getting, if somebody's getting too close to you, you have to maybe veer away a little bit. Yeah. Right. I mean, so there's and, that. And, and that's is, what the, Sorry, then that's what the muscle memory of training is doing for me. So by spending time getting used to the sticks, knowing exactly what input is going to do what with the drone, when that 
I don't want to say mistake, but when that, that moment happens, my body just reacts to it automatically. And I can continue focusing on the bigger picture of how am I going to get to the goal or to the uh, finish gate faster? Uh, you know, I, I remember in West Memphis, Arkansas, I was, I used to live in Memphis and I, I just drove I, through there yesterday. Actually. Awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, um, and we'd go to this dog track and it was these greyhounds and it was like, Oh, you could get the fastest greyhound in the world. And you study the racing form. And all of a sudden you're just, you know, this guy's never lost a race. And all of a sudden right. around that first turn, one of these like other dogs goes wide. And it's like this, this, you know, avalanche of dogs flying around this, the first turn and, and they all bump into each other and it's a domino thing. And it's yeah. just like, all of a sudden you just get wrecked. I mean, does that happen? Are there, are there, are there pilots that sometimes just can take you out and you're just screwed, right? I mean, you're, yep. just, it's like, it's like racing. You just get, you just get caught up in it. It's not your fault, but, but it, uh, is, is that a thing? It, it definitely happens. I, I think we did some math on it at one point to see like how many times people crashed out because of like a midair collision. And, you know, we're all launching within four or five feet of each other. So like there, it's a pretty tight pack going to that first gate. Um, but I think more often and they're, they're actually staggered too. So like the, each, each drone is a little bit further back, depending on where you finished to help avoid that kind of situation. But you know, if somebody gets a better launch, you know, we're going to have two people going through at the same time. And if you know that someone's with you, you kind of, you end up developing kind of the sixth sense, like this, you have this, I have this ability to kind of feel my periphery, even though I'm only looking at a screen, I kind of have a sense that there's somebody, you know, back over here. Cause I can't look backwards. In yeah. the drone. I can only look forwards, but I, I, I can kind of feel that they're back there. If that makes sense. Huh. I have this kind of sixth sense. And so like, I'll know, okay, if I'm going to not create a collision incident, I'm going to kind of cheat to the left side of this gate instead of the right side to where, when we both turn right out of that, we're going to still be, side by side instead of you know directly hitting each other we're going to take a quick pause but we'll be back with more from nurk sean bernard of edina realty great to see you again man how's the real estate game you know it's been really really busy so i feel fortunate that it's been busy it's kind of a crazy market everybody knows it's a seller's market but that doesn't mean that if you're a buyer you can't still find your dream home i just did a closing the other day and uh, this young couple, I feel like I'm 100 saying that, but this young couple was able to buy their dream home and we were able to find it for them. One of the cool things that I'm doing this year is I'm helping out local artists and bands. So a portion of every sale on the buy or sell side is going to go to a local artist or band. That's fantastic yeah. because especially these days, they, they need that help. Where can people find you, Sean? Uh, the best thing to do is just give me a call at 612-859-2594. They can text that number as well for the people that just are a little bit scared of realtors. Just text it, and then we can set up a phone call. Sean Bernard at Dyna Realty. Thanks for being such a great partner at Perkett Pod. Thank you. And if you're listening to this podcast and you love music, I got a great podcast for you to listen to. It's The Brian Oak Show. Give that a listen anywhere you find your podcasts. Perk. How how did you get into it, Paul, uh, aka Nurk? Was yeah. Was it, uh, how how did you how did the sport find you or you find it? Right. Well, so my first exposure to drones was when my in laws bought me a toy drone for Christmas. Uh, it was Christmas 2014. Um, they had these little like RC helicopters that they kept like in the living room that we would just mess around with, fly around, have fun. Um, and so they, as a stocking stuffer, bought me like a $40 cheap little toy drone that was like this big. And um, 
you know, and I, I immediately was like, I'm okay, I'm gonna fly this around, I'm gonna master it, you know, I'm gonna fly it through this obstacle, I'm gonna land it on this thing, do all these things. And I, in that first day or two, I broke it. And when that happened, I'm like, I'm kind of an engineer, I was a programmer at the time. So I'm like, I should be able to figure out how to do this. I got pretty good Google foo. Um, so I went online, I got a YouTube university education in fixing drones. And in the process, discovered drone racing. You know, a related video was like, hey, look at this. And I fell in love. I mean, I remember the first time I saw like a, a race, it was these guys flying drones through a forest in France and they all had GoPros and LEDs on their drones. And, and I, I saw that and I remember sitting at my desk at work and I'm like, I have to do that. This is not a like, oh, that would be cool someday. That is something I need to try. And so I ordered all the parts to build my first drone, built it, got that flying in March of 2015. Then I went to my first race in June of 2015, won my first race, and then uh, just kept going to different things, ended up at a national level competition, got second, world level competition, got second. And then the Drone Racing League called me to be part of the 2017 season as a rookie, and then 2018 became uh, champion of the world. So that's phenomenal. Uh, yeah. And congratulations on that, which I know is probably still awesome. Um, the, the, so you didn't, you were self-taught. I mean, basically. Yep. Yeah. That's incredible. You didn't have some like wise sage kind of like, you know, at least some, some like I, I Jedi a lot of YouTube master. videos, but yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's awesome. That's awesome. I mean, but, but now Nurk, we're, we're of the age. Uh, and you mentioned briefly earlier where, where people can learn and and do it on their own in a in a way that's now on their couch right like yeah. can, you, can you talk about drl and 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 its new drl sim which which has just recently launched uh and and how exciting that is and what exactly it is yeah so when i got started there was no simulator for me to practice flying on which meant that every time i flew i broke something and when I break something, especially when I'm getting started, I don't have a lot of spares or anything. So like, I'm just done. I can't fly anymore. In the recent, in, in subsequent years, things like the drone racing league sim have come out, which allows you to just fly a one-to-one, -one, like, you know, what it really feels like drone with the same controller that you're going to use when you're out in the field, but you can crash it as many times as you want and just hit a button and it fixes itself and you're back in the air. So seeing things like the drone racing league simulator uh you know which has been on, on xbox and pc and is now coming out on ps4 you know you have the ability to take the stuff that you already have learn how to fly a drone for like 10 or 20 bucks and then take that and go out and fly your real drone your real fpv drone and be better off as a result because you're not going to go through this the frustration of crashing and breaking your thing your, your drone a million times and you can you don't you haven't in, unlimited battery life when you're in the simulator where you don't have to like swap battery and like do all this stuff. And I, I think that creates some really, really cool opportunities for, for people that have, you know, never flown before are now getting out and flying their first time. So you are, you are basically creating um, a, a bunch of new drone pilots uh, with, with the launch of, of this game or, or this DRL sim on, on Xbox, PlayStation and, and PC, you said, right? Yeah. I, I recently got to go out with um, my buddies from Airviews, Jake and uh, Andrew had never flown a real drone before, but he actually spent like four or five hours the night before uh, in the drone racing league simulator, believe it or not. And that's, that's true. It was the DRL sim. And, uh, he flew the drone 
like a physical drone in real life for the first time, like better than I've better than I ever would have thought somebody could for the first time they flew. I was just like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing to see somebody go from just a little bit of practice on the SIM to actually flying a real drone in manual mode, being really comfortable with it. It was, it was really, really cool. So now all these people that get DRL SIM on Xbox, PlayStation, whatever, then now all of a sudden they're going to be gunning for your job on the DRL racing circuit. <laughs> they already are. We got <laughs> guys like uh, Fluxy, who's also from Minnesota. He earned his way into the drone racing league through the DRL sim. Um, is he was a race winner in 2019 and was super strong in the sim season this year. And he's he's fast. Uh, and Amari, um, who was the 2020 sim champion, uh, took second in the 2021 season. Season. Isn't it exciting? Season, isn't it exciting to think about where all this is going? I mean, still, I mean, e even though it's come so far and is so widely popular, it's it's just it's. It, don't you feel like it's just kind of scratching the surface still? That that it's it can be so much bigger and will be. I absolutely do think that I, there's tons of different technology things that are going to make it really cool in the future. But I think that as we develop a history, as we develop um, these characters that we're, that we're building, you know, people are going to come alongside each other and want to, you know, cheer for a person or, you know, see someone succeed. And, and as a group, as a, as a, as a character and a fandom, you know, those people come together and, you know, are achieving something and feeling the sense of achievement together. And I think, you know, as we develop a longer and longer history, it's going to be really exciting to see, you know, what does drone racing look like in 2015 versus 2020 versus 2040. And I, and I can't wait to see what next steps come about. 2040 you're going to be like that old pioneer oh remember Nurk back in the day <laughs> that's when my, my my three month old son will be taking the reins and he'll be you know he'll be 20 and he'll be you know bringing home world championships for the under the Nurk name maybe Nurk jr Nurk yeah two. yeah i need some Nurk merch that's for sure <laughs> that's just and by the way um congratulations a three month old means that that's Thank a you. pretty fresh baby so congratulations to your family there what Thank what you. uh how how knee deep are you right now uh, I haven't slept in weeks. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, it's been good. Actually. I, I was, uh, I was a little bit nervous about being a dad actually, you know, just, I, I think, I think everybody probably is. It's been, uh, like 10% easier than I thought, but a thousand percent more rewarding. Like that little smile when he, when he sees me in the morning and stuff like that, I, that it makes it, oh, it, it's so nice. So I, right. I'm, I'm loving it for yeah. sure. Good for you, man. And just wait till he starts teething. Then, then, then tell me yeah. about, then I want to hear where that 10% goes. I'm kidding. Sounds I'm kidding. good. Sounds I'm good. Kidding. I'm kidding there. So like you grew up in Minnesota then, right? I mean, you're, you're yep. born and raised or what? Yeah. So I was born in Edina. We lived in Lakeville, then uh, Burnsville. And then I most recently lived back in Edina. Um, I went to Normandale Community College uh, for uh, post-secondary enrollment as a, as a high schooler. And, uh, and then we moved for my parents to become professors at a university out here in uh, Indiana. Um, but I've still got tons of family back there, both sets of grandparents, all that stuff. So it's always good to get back. And, and being a, a DRL racer has given you a lot of great opportunities. I know, and in, in the FPV world and, and, and the drone world, and it is branched out into all sorts of things. And, and, and there are so many things that you can do with it once you're, because I mean, you, you just look at some of the stuff that's been happening lately with our boy, uh, 
of Jay Christensen and, yep, and, Jay, and people yep. like that. And like the, the video he did flying through Bryant Lake bowl and, and, you know, some of the, some of the ways that it's starting to be used. I mean, every time I watch Netflix, I'm like, Oh, drone shot, you know, it's yep. just kind of like, it, it's, it's remarkable. <laughs> That's me how- with car commercials. I'll see a car commercial. I'm like, there's the drone shot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, there, there's just so many, so many implementations and so many avenues that this is going. It's, it's, it's gotta be exciting for a guy like you, isn't it? It's, it's, it's exciting. And it's, and it's also kind of the sense of like urgency, right? Cause you know, we're at the forefront of something that is revolutionary, right? This is the ultimate socially distant filmmaking tool, right? Like there's not even a cameraman, like you just, the drones flying around. Uh, so like, there's the sense of like, I got to get out there. I got to make a name for myself. I want to film. And, and I, you know, I've, I've loved taking my drone racing skills and my, my coolness under pressure and my precision on the sticks and translate that into a creative avenue where you can take these drones and do something like the J bowling alley shot, or uh, I've had the chance to, you know, fly with Neil deGrasse Tyson um, at the Hayden planetarium or, you know, do things like that, where, you know, you would have never thought that drones would be the connection to make it there. And, you know, there's, <laughs> there's many times and I, and I try to remember to sit back and think about how did I get here where I just kind of sit back. And I'm like, <sighs> freaking drones you know it's just like you never would have thought that it's i don't say freaking but you know like, that's like that thought process of like how did we get here and, and and i try to take a moment to think about those kinds of things because it's it's crazy to see where they have come well you, you think about it. i mean it's just like just and it and i think that what was so impactful about that video that jay did flying through bryant lake bull is that it was just such a holy cow to so many people that really haven't immersed themselves in in this technology and you know and yeah maybe they've seen it on on a car commercial or whatnot yeah. but to really understand like where this can go and and what it actually where it can actually take you and and you know you just all you have to do is look at johnny fpv or or some of these videos that are on airviews.com and that's yep. a-i-r-v-u-z.com for yep. my friends over there you can um, find but, my channel on airviews too i'm just saying <laughs> yeah and they nurk's got his channel on there but but i mean you you just you can you it really opens up like wow if they can do this can we do this right, right. i mean is it is it like that constantly like everybody's checking out everybody's stuff and it just makes you all kind of want to be better and more innovative and more uh, creative the the biggest problem that i bump into is you can show someone what these things can do but they don't always like translate it to what their need is they have to it's it's a very different way of thinking about how to accomplish a shot and it's so the struggle that i find is like they're like oh that's cool but i don't know how it applies to me when you know like i've used drones to fly through a bar or to chase an action sports sport or um you know, to do something really, really slow and smooth, or just like, you know, pick a line through a treetop and just pretend you're a bird sort of stuff like that. There's so many different avenues that it's overwhelming to someone that doesn't, that's not like immersed with the medium to see how it could be useful. So like getting someone to say, yes, I want to try that is the hardest part, I think. Right. I mean, you're even starting to see it in like real estate, <laughs> you yep. know, people oh, yeah. are Big like tour, going through houses with doing this stuff on, and it's just, it's changing the game in so many ways. It's Absolutely. just, it's remarkable. Uh, so you must be quite a tech head. And in, in, in other words, you must have, it sounds like you, you aren't shy away from, from that all aspect of it too, where, where you, you like to really kind of understand how things work. It seems like to me. Yes, 
but I also want to encourage people that are listening that you don't have to be a tech head to succeed in this. Uh, Jordan Temkin, Jet, the two-time DRL world champion, is a photographer by trade. And um, you know, another pilot called Night Fury was a um, firefighter. And Vanover is a, was a high school student at the time he became a champion. And so you see, you know, it doesn't matter what background you come from. You just have to have that willingness to kind of take the time to learn how to do it, do it well, and then put in the work to get good at it. <laughs> yeah. And when you, when you are flying in the DRL, Nurk, are you, are you, are there moments where you're like, are you able to talk to the people next to you? Obviously, if you're able to put a picture of somebody's mom. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> like, like, but like, is there a smack talk going on as as you're racing or, or what? There definitely is smack talk. And the uh, you know that certain pilots are a little bit more susceptible to it. Like uh, my uh, competitor and friend, Nub, if you talk to him, he gets really angry. And <laughs> so it you really can get in people's heads. You can oh, totally absolutely. get in yeah. I mean, in between, between the heats, like I'll just, I'll st- I don't like, I don't like to sit in my seat. I like to stand up and move around and I'll just kind of stare somebody down for a bit. Like, you know, what's going on? Are you going to do this? Are you going to race? Are you going to be thinking about me this race? Or are you going to be thinking about what you need to do? Cause I want you to be thinking about me because then you're going to make mistakes. So like you kind of, you just, you, you, you use that opportunity to play with them. And you know, this year in 2020, we did our whole season on the DRL sim and we were all wearing headphones that had mics. So I got a direct access to their head. So every single flight, I could just be like, hey, what's going on? Are you going to crash? Like, I can see you up there. I can see you're in front of me. I'm waiting for you to make that mistake. And if you make that mistake, I'm going to come and get in front of you. And boom, they crash and I go around. And, uh, you know, it's it's a good time. I, I, I won a heat this season simply by making them laugh. I talked like a pirate for the whole heat. And they started laughing so hard that they couldn't fly. Brilliant. <laughs> Yeah, it's good. I love that part of the game. And then do you find yourself like when when a DRL race comes to a conclusion and and whether you win or or whether you come in a close second or whatever it is, Nurk, are you like drained? Are you physically and emotionally drained? Yes, absolutely. When when we're competing, you know, I am acting. I'm asking my brain to perform at its highest level. I am pushing everything I can into there to say, take all of the skills that we've been portraying, take all of the things that we've been using and push in, push all that into, you know, being as precise with these tiny little sticks as possible. And like that combination of things is, is hard. And it, 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 definitely drains you you're so focused on something for like remember like taking like a big test when you were yeah. a kid or something like that this is a very similar thing but like you know times 10 mm-hmm. and 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 so you get how long is a race like like that's my next question like how yeah. how long do you have to be at that peak level so each heat lasts for about 90 seconds typically yeah. is what we aim for um but we'll do uh, th- I'm going to throw out a number. It's probably wrong, but like 18 heats for uh, like a full like race weekend. Oh, geez. Um, and that will be across like, you know, six to eight hours of being on. So like when you're not racing, I'm still, you know, visualizing the course, running through things, trying to get amped up, listening to music, doing all this stuff to stay on so that when I get to fly next, I'm not coming in cold. I'm not coming in like, Oh, I'm still waking up here or, you know, lots of coffee, lots of water. Um, and, uh, you know, eat healthy, stay healthy, move around all that stuff. (laughs) And with a three month old, a lot of coffee, well, bro. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I haven't done a race since. Well, actually, no, that's not true. I did do a couple of the uh, DRL Sim season races since he was born, and uh, yeah, they 
they, they didn't go great because <laughs> I was pretty tired, but you know what? I was happy to be there, happy to compete and happy that I have a, a healthy family. So, yeah, it sounds like you've got an amazing life there, Nurk, and, and continued success. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today on Perk at Pod and, and, uh, and we'll, we'll keep watching you on NBC on, on the drone racing league and, and, uh, and watching you probably play your DRL sim and everything else and, 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 uh, continued success, dude. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. It's It's been awesome to be here. I hope that anybody that's interested in drones can just pop online, learn a little bit more. You know, there's tons of resources out there. And uh, I hope that it's inspired you guys to kind of go out and, and see what this technology can do for us, not just in entertainment, but in all sorts of different aspects. So. Really quickly, just while we're on that, like where, where do you see it like going or what are, what are some of the advancements and some of the, and some of the kind of holy cows that it might be down the road or looming that, that, that'll take it even to the next level for drone racing specifically or drones in general. I think drone racing specifically. Yeah. Yeah. I think that uh, I, the, the biggest thing that I would love to see change is battery technology improving. Yeah. Um, batteries are pretty dead in terms of their evolution there's not been a lot of change in the last like 40 or 50 years so i'd love to see races last longer you know yeah. a five or six minute thing could be a little bit more exciting than just 90 seconds um and and i think that there's a lot of opportunity for like multi-media sort of integrations where like a spectator at, at a physical race so like that's our goal is to have as many people come to and be at a race like we did a we did a race on a chase field in phoenix arizona um home of the diamondbacks and we got uh, an audience of 4500 people that were there watching this four-hour drone race start to finish and you know people are cheering and like there's this awesome battle between me and flexi the other minnesotan and you know we finished within a quarter of a second of each other and the crowd was just like standing up it was like the opening heat of the entire race and like, yeah! an amazing feeling but to kind of find ways to grow that audience in the, you know, of, of butts and seats because it is such an exciting moment, but then also give them ways to kind of continue to engage with that. Maybe like they could go on their phone and see the perspective of each drone or stuff like that. I think that's where, you know, it's going to continue to become a bigger and better experience for people that are consuming the content. That'll do it for this episode of Perkett Pod. We want to thank our partners, Audio Wiz, Justin Bailey, theme song by Taylor Robert. Keep listening weekly for another episode with Minnesota sports influencers and icons on Perkett Pod. Feel free to share this podcast. Give us a simple subscribe click. It doesn't cost you a thing. Heart us, rate us, double tap us, whatever you want. And until next time, remember, shine bright, don't be afraid to be weird, and open your hearts to inclusion. Peace. Perk and Pond, sometimes he's at play. Perk and Pond, find out what he'll say. Perk and Pond, who's coming on today?